0: happier and healthier than ever. Welcome to the Boneyard with Steve Robertson. As always, I am your good friend and host, Steve Robertson, here on the Maroon Friday edition of The Yard. Hope things are well with you today. It's a game day edition of The Yard. A lot to talk about today. A lot going on in the world of Mississippi State sports, for sure. We'll get into everything. We'll break down the uh, three-game series with Maine. Go ahead and give you a, a public service announcement on that in case you are unaware Mississippi State will play two baseball games today. There will be no game on Saturday for baseball. There will be a single game on Sunday, so a Friday doubleheader with a day off in the middle. Expecting some very difficult and challenging weather in the Golden Triangle area on Saturday. So the only game in town Saturday will be the men's basketball game. So again, just for clarity's sake, miss you baseball Doubleheader today, first game at 3 o'clock. It's going to be a longer evening, okay? I won't be there, so if you're looking for my regular post-game videos on Gene's page, they won't be there. My wife is running a uh, a race tomorrow, and so we're leaving today. But I will be back on Sunday. So again, doubleheader today, no baseball game Saturday, a single game on Sunday. Now, the big game today, the one that everybody's kind of interested in, we're interested in all of them, but uh, the first one, the uh, women's basketball tournament game, that'll get underway today at 11 o'clock. By the time many of you are hearing this show, we will have already won that game, hopefully. Uh, but, but nevertheless, a lot going on. I want to thank our fine sponsors. Uh, let's start off with Campus Bookmart. Stan the Man, Stan Ray, Miss Kathy Brown, the whole crew there at Campus Bookmart. They will treat you like family because you are family. It's kind of like going to cheers. Even when they don't know your name, they treat you like they do. They start building an institution. I encourage you when you're in town, go by and meet Stan himself. He'll probably be wearing a um, short sleeve dress shirt with the tie. That, that's kind of typical. And, and that's one of the things I admire about Stan too. Is that guy wears a tie to work just about every day. You know, in this neck of the woods, sometimes you know, hey, you can kind of get away with wearing a you know, wearing a pullover or golf shirt or whatever. But not not Stan. Stan's a shirt and tie guy. If you're looking for a shirt and tie, if you're looking for other and white clothing and, and uh, novelty items for your home and memorabilia, you can find that at Campus Book Mart. And if you can't make it to town to see Stan the Man's short sleeve shirt, you can order online. Go to campusbookmart.net, and by being a loyal Boneyard listener, we'll save you a little cash and give you some incentive to go by there. It's almost like going by the store. Use promo code BSR, which stands for Beautiful Steve Robertson, and get free shipping on all orders over $50. Anything less than $50, absolutely incomplete. <clears throat> I want to remind you guys, too, if you have not ordered your Star Grilling gear, you can do that. And uh, there's going to be a lot of that. I went ahead and put it out kind of in advance of the book just because of the fact that uh, we wanted to go ahead and kind of get the ball rolling there. But go to StarkVillain.com. You can get it in the local high school colors. You can get it in Myrna White. You can get it in a variety of styles. Uh, you can even get the, uh, the the popular V-neck shirts, even with the foil on the front. It's really cool. Very happy to be uh, partnering with these folks. Again, that's StarkVillain.com. Go order yourself one for your entire family. So let's get into the, uh, the women's basketball game today. LSU nearly pulled off the win last night against Tennessee. Uh, did not happen. LSU loses that ballgame 69-66. That's a 8-9 game. Very entertaining game. And so Tennessee will play Mississippi State this morning at 11. So a lot on the line for Holly Warlick and her staff there at Tennessee. There are a lot of people that believe that in the event Tennessee does not make the women's NCAA tournament, which would be the first time in school history, that they will be forced to make a coaching change. They've got a very highly touted recruiting class coming in, and that's always the, that's always what you hear when you've got a struggling coach. When you've got a coach, it's not living up to expectations. Everybody says, well, man, they got a good recruiting class coming in next year. And there have been times even in football when people say, man, I hate to make a coaching change now. We've got such a great recruiting class. But um, the bottom line is you need somebody to champion your program on and off the field to play. And uh, it is it is abundantly clear, I think, to everybody that, uh, Tennessee is not what it once was. Now, to be fair to Holly Warlick and her staff, and I know their their fans in many respects aren't able to be objective about that, the league is much better than it was when Pat Summitt was here, and that's not to, to degrade anything Pat Summitt did. She is an absolute legend. She changed women's basketball forever. But there were a lot of schools within this league that were not committed to women's hoops. Mississippi State was one of them. It's the reality of things. You know, and dare I say it, you know, when Mississippi State and uh, LSU and many others kind of ran roughshod over the Southeastern Conference in baseball, we were among the most committed schools to baseball. There were some other schools that had chicken wire fences. It's the reality of things. So it's big dollars now, so there's big commitment. So as a result, the league is more competitive in just about every sport. Mississippi State will to take on Tennessee today, and, and uh, State has had the better of that series as of late. But Tennessee has some talent. Now you you guys may remember this, but uh, when Tennessee and Mississippi State played earlier this year, Tennessee really played well in stretches and really gave State some difficulty until that final 12, 13 minutes or so, and then State kind of put the game away. State won the game 91-63. to now one of the things that I find really interesting about this, and, and you and you can hear it in all the sound bites, and, and Vic talks about it. You know, we've won the SEC regular season championship before. We've gone to the Final Four before. We've played a national championship game before. We've never won the SEC women's tournament. And so we talk about making history around here. If you want to go do something new, as Vic says, then you go do that. Let's let's get engaged and get excited about that. State could win three games and then win the first ever. SEC Tournament Championship uh, for the university in women's basketball. And so three years in a row, we've met up with South Carolina. There is nothing to stop South Carolina from getting back there. And and one of the things that I worry about in all that is the fact that, you know, I think State has the more difficult road. State will play a very talented Tennessee team, a team that is underachieved, but a team with talent nonetheless today. Should we win that game, we would play Missouri or Kentucky teams that are expected to be in NCAA tournament. And while Missouri beat us at home, you know, Missouri has kind of been a burr in the saddle the last few years. You know, people forget a couple years ago we went up there and lost at their place. Last year we needed a Victoria Vivian's last second shot to win. And then this year they beat us at our place. And so there's just something about that Missouri system that gives us some trouble. Just something about it. And we'll see what happens on a neutral floor. But uh, the bottom line is State has the more difficult path despite being the uh, the top seed in the tournament because of the fact that South Carolina will see, uh, you know, should they see Tennessee, Texas A&M, pardon me, they will see them without Kennedy Carter. What's interesting, too, is we talk about South Carolina getting all the breaks. You know, Arkansas knocks off Georgia last night. You know, Georgia was a team on the NCAA bubble, probably not now. Number 10 seed, Arkansas wins that game 86-76. So now South Carolina gets to play the 10 seed while Mississippi State plays Tennessee. And in the event that uh, South Carolina wins that game, as we we fully expect them to, then they would play either Auburn or A&M. I suspect that'll be A&M, even without Kennedy Carter. Uh, So South Carolina will probably be a little less road-weary by the time they get to Sunday. And in the event Mississippi State gets there, you know, I, I believe these two ball games. I believe this Tennessee game, and if should we survive that and then play again tomorrow, uh, those games will take a lot out of Mississippi State because we will have to play at a high level. One of the things that I have learned, and I love about this team, is when we're interested, as Vic says, when we get engaged, we can beat anybody. When we went on the road to Texas AM and absolutely destroyed them in their home arena and had Kennedy Carter ejected from the basketball game and throwing a fit on our way to the locker room, it's about as good as we can play. The final quarter and a half against Tennessee, about as good as we can play. Some of these ball games, like we play Vanderbilt and we play, you know, Arkansas and others, I think, you know, we kind of go through the motions because we know that uh, we're good enough in spurts to win those ballgames because they're not good enough to beat us without our help. Missouri and Kentucky, they're good enough to beat Mississippi State. Now, State has played really well against Kentucky as of late. Hadn't always been the case. Great coaching staff there. A lot of talent there. Big Macy Morris fan of myself. But my point being is that uh, Mississippi State will have to earn it to get to Sunday to have the opportunity to play South Carolina, who will be going for a fifth consecutive NCAA tournament championship. They have won four in a row. This has kind of been their tournament, and uh, they, they take ownership of that. Don Staley talks about that. This time of year, this is when they expect to be playing their best basketball. And you can say what you want to about Don Staley. You know, I think Don is a great coach. I don't think there's any question. And I think, and I said this on the show earlier this week, the fact that, I mean, she does not have a star on that team this year. I don't you, 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 say, Save all your Ty Harris tweets. She doesn't have a star on that team. And the fact that they still finish second in the Southeastern Conference and will be a three or four seed in the NCAA tournament and then uh, playing for a fifth consecutive SEC tournament championship, that says a lot about Dawn Staley. Like her or not, she does a great job. I don't like playing against her, I'll tell you that. And it's not because uh, I don't like her. It's because I hate losing to her. Because you have to play your best game. You have to bring your best effort to win that game against South Carolina. Mississippi State's managed to do that twice this year. Hopefully, we'll get an opportunity to do it again on Sunday. Hopefully, we can get there. The truth of the matter is I'd rather play somebody else. Love to see them get upset. That'd make it more fun, make Sunday a little more enjoyable. want to remind you guys too when you're in town Bulldog Burger Company is absolutely the place to go love going in there absolutely love it I didn't go this week I need to make sure we make plans next week to go enjoy going in enjoy seeing the staff enjoy the opportunity to have a great meal and there's so many people that are competing for your dining dollar these days and there's just such a consistency with Bulldog Burger Company that's the main thing for me it's great food every time I go it's not like hit or miss every time I go in there there's a consistency with what we're getting so you need to go find your own favorites whether it be the chicken wings the fried pickles the spring rolls the pimentology add bacon the smokehouse there's something there to suit your fancy if you're a little bit health conscious have the angry bird salad have the kale state salad so if uh, if dad is having a cheat night with the burger and mom is just wanting to stick with the salad, you can do that. But the kids are going to be happy because there's so many great options to choose from. It is a great family environment, and if your person likes to have an adult beverage or two, you can do that as well. Bulldog Burger Company, the place in Starkville people go to meet, M-E-A-T. So uh, Mississippi State men's basketball in action for Senior Day tomorrow. Uh, Texas A&M will provide the opposition. A&M has uh, won three of five. That's one of the things I think people kind of have overlooked with them. They have been competitive down the stretch. They really have been. Uh, they're not going to tournament. They're 13 and 16. So unless they get hot here and win the SEC tournament, uh, their their season's going to end on Saturday. But they, they're not a bad team. I mean, they, they've been up and down at times, but they're not a bad team. And I, you know, you go look at this deal here. They got off to the the rough start. A lot of people expect them to be very good, and then they lose the first three. If you recall, they lose to LSU, Tennessee, and then at Ole Miss. And then they kind of got some things turned around, but as of late, they have played uh, they have played pretty well, and uh, they they beat Alabama uh, 65-56. They beat Arkansas 87-80. Lose to LSU 66-55. Then they beat Vanderbilt 64-57. They did get drilled pretty good by South Carolina on Tuesday. South Carolina, of course, uh, kind of ramping up as as many people kind of suggested. Once they got healthy, they have played better. So don't look for a and to come in here and lay down for Mississippi State. That's, that's, that's not going to happen. They're, they're going to come out and they're going to look to play well. And again, they've, they've won three of five, so it's not like they've been mailing it in. Uh, a lot to talk about with this uh, Mississippi State roster. And, again, no update on Nick Weatherspoon. I had somebody recently uh, share with me on a social media platform that they were very critical of our media, saying that we were not asking enough questions about Nick Weatherspoon. Guys, every opportunity that we have been howling in front of a microphone, we ask him for an update on Nick Weatherspoon. And every time it's the same answer. And it's the same thing Mississippi State told us in the beginning. He is suspended. They will have no further comment until there is a resolution to his situation. And so there's been a lot of speculation. People think they know what's going on. The bottom line is this, is that there is no update. The university is not providing us any update. We have asked. We have worked back channel sources. And there are a lot of people that just aren't willing to talk about it. And it's certainly not on the record. And so until there is resolution, there's not going to be a public comment. And so as I said back then, we needed to go ahead and kind of prepare to play the remainder of the season without Nick in the event that he is reinstated to the team, then it's a bonus. State has played well at times. The last couple of games, not so much. The good thing is you're returning to Humphrey Coliseum, a chance to go back home. You don't have to deal with travel and all the things that go along with that. Difficult night against Tennessee. It's a tough matchup for State. I don't care where you play it. You can play it here, there, wherever. Play it in Nashville. Boca Raton. They're making a difference. I mean, I just think Tennessee is just a difficult matchup for Mississippi State. So unless State comes out and, and kind of drills a few baskets from outside from the perimeter to kind of loosen things up, Tennessee is going to make that a, a battle of, of wills, and they're going to win that war of attrition because they simply have the bodies. They're simply going to be able to beat you up down low, and that's what happened Tuesday. That, that made me feel worse about our team. What made me disappointed in, in, in Tuesday was the level of effort. It's almost like we kind of we conceded once we realized the game was kind of getting away from us. Uh, outside of maybe Tyson Carter and some of those young guys, that's one thing I will say. Robert Woodard and, and, uh, and Reggie Perry, they, they have some fire about them. But there are times that I felt like late in the ballgame when uh, the Tennessee just kind of cleaned up the offensive glass because we weren't providing a lot of opposition. But be that as it may, that's behind us now. Now it's time to go take on Texas A&M. This is an A&M team that is underachieved, but they do have some talent, and so we'll see what happens as we kind of move forward here. State safely in the NCAA tournament. I know that's part of the Mississippi State uh, you know, psyche is that uh, you know, we, we get really negative towards the end. If something bad happens, we begin to ask ourselves, well, we don't even deserve to be in a tournament. Listen, as I said the other day, rest your insecurity somewhere else. If you're that misinformed about the process, then then maybe, maybe just don't comment. Maybe just let other people comment because Mississippi State is safely in the tournament. Now, you lose the ballgame this weekend, you lose that first game of the tournament, might be a different deal, okay? I, I might feel differently if you lose the last four, but I think with their net and the number of quality wins they have in that first quadrant, I think State is okay. That's being said, we need to go win that ballgame Saturday. Need to win that ball game, kind of remove all doubt. Not to mention, for, besides the tournament, you want to send Quindary Weatherspoon, those seniors, off with a win. Those guys came here when there not, was not a lot of incentive to come to Mississippi State and, um, and participate and represent this university on the basketball floor. There just wasn't. There was not a lot to feel good about. But they came anyway. And uh, they have kind of been the stopgap guys to kind of rebuild this thing and now we have gotten us back into a uh, into the NCAA tournament you've know, got 21 wins right now I think it's a pretty challenging non-conference schedule you know and so this is a good basketball team and so my hope is is that uh, we can pick up a big win Saturday and have some momentum heading into the tournament in uh, in Nashville and so we'll see how things progress from there but my hope is is that uh, our Mississippi State family will, uh, will send those guys out on a big uh Big win with a big crowd. Looking around here, Mississippi State, as I've mentioned, will uh, will will play Maine this weekend, and uh, I I don't want to uh, ever be disrespectful to another opponent, but this may be be among the uh, the biggest mismatches we have seen in Mississippi State in some time on the baseball diamond. So Maine enters the ball game; they're 0 10. But they it's not like they have played uh, you know, Buck Tussle Tech. I mean, uh, to be fair to them, they lose the, the a four game series to begin the year and were actually no hit the first game of the year by Florida State. Uh, they lose all four ball games, scored nine runs in four games, got absolutely drilled, they give up forty five runs. I think that's right. Yeah, it looks to be correct. You know, they 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 get absolutely drilled in four ball games and then they went on the road again. Three games at the University of Maryland. Four, nothing, five, three, nine, six games. A little bit more competitive. They lose all three, though. Last weekend, uh, they were Lynchburg, Virginia, and played Liberty University. Got absolutely drilled in those games, too. Seven, nothing. Then three to two and one, and then seven and one. So, he scored three, ball, three runs on the weekend. And so, Mississippi State rolls into this thing with a lot of momentum scored a lot of runs. One thing that I've learned, and, and guys, listen, I want to make sure I want to say this in a way that I don't want to be disrespectful to other eras in college baseball, even though in some respects I am a little disrespected when it comes to that sort of stuff. But um, the way that college baseball is played now, and like I read some of these, you know, insiders and people that don't follow college baseball, and they call this the dead bat era, this is the real baseball era is what this is and what i mean by that is is we're, we're seeing realistic scores now several years ago when um you know when lsu had the gorilla ball stuff you know what i'm talking about you know that, that that was uh that was all fun and games but that was a lot more kin to church week softball than it was really college baseball or certainly professional baseball and then they wanted to uh to change the the bats and kind of slow down the exit velocity off some of these bats and make it more of a safety issue, but they really wanted to restore some integrity in the game because college baseball, in many respects, had kind of become a joke, and people were kind of recruiting to that end. And so now they they bring in the BB core bats instead of the BSR bats, and so that slowed things down. And though we had the transition there, you know, where it was it really became a small ball game, and then they raged the seams on the baseball, and, uh, you know, things changed. And so now you have a bat and a ball that allows for some home runs, but it doesn't allow for 50 home runs. You know, the Eddie Furnaces and Brandon Larsons of the world, it would be a different day and time for them. Just a different dynamic. And so we're seeing real baseball nowadays, as a result, ERAs are going down. Batting averages are coming down. Runs per game have gone up since the dead bat era, but they're down from what they were in the gorilla ball era. I think we now have a happy medium that is more like real baseball than what we saw, you know, 10, 15 years ago. This team that you guys have Mississippi State, or should I say we have Mississippi State, it's a very talented baseball team we're going to play a team this weekend that's not very talented. And just kind of looking at the numbers here, looking the the cumulative ERA for the entire Maine Black Bear pitching staff, 8.29. 8.29. 0 and 10 of course. They've uh, pitched 76 innings, given up 82 hits, 77 runs, And for those keeping scored, it's over one run per inning. Only struck out 65 hitters, allowed 25 doubles, 3 triples, and 9 home runs. Those are not good numbers. They're not good numbers at all. Especially when you begin to kind of contrast the hitting side of things. Maine has three hitters that are hitting above 200, and not a single hitter that's hitting above 273. Let that sink in for a second. Oh, I am mistaken. They do have a non starter that's hitting three thirty three. But you've got a lot of guys out here that got a lot of hacks that don't have much to show for it. Colin Ridley is two hundred seventy three. He's hitting two seventy three. But you've got several starters that are hitting in the one hundreds. As a team, they're hitting one seventy one. One seventy one. Scored a grand total of twenty one runs in ten games. They have 51 hits, 12 doubles, no triples. They have hit three home runs. 21 RBI. Kind of put that in perspective again. 21 runs, 10 ball games. Uh, 35 walks, 8 hit by pitches, and they've struck out 92 times. So they're striking out three times more than they're walking. Hadn't hit a lot of double plays because they can't manage to get a lot of guys on. So this is a team, when I look at this and say, okay, we're looking to uh, to have some momentum and kind of get some guys healthy. Uh, Betting average-wise, this is a recipe for that. This is a weekend you ought to be able to get fat. It's as simple as that. The you know, state's been hitting the ball pretty pretty well uh, this year. There's a couple of guys out there. I need to pick it up a little bit. This is a good weekend for them to kind of do that. So we'll go ahead and do it now. We'll go ahead and call for the sweep. Because there's nothing that I have seen from Maine that makes me think that they're capable of coming in here and winning a ball game. It's gonna bowl down to us. It's as simple as that. It's going to bowl down to Mississippi State. What Mississippi State does, does well. And that's pitch it and hit it. Mississippi State's pitching is absolutely outstanding. There's a lot of buzz now among the regional people. Kind of begin to branch out among national people and say, you know what, this may be one of the best pitching steps in the country. Cause it's not just about your Friday and Saturday starters. And that's usually where everybody kind of hangs their hat, is when you're starting pitching. But when you begin to look around this roster and look at what you're getting, the efforts you're getting on Sunday from Keegan James, and the fact that you've basically got a weekend guy throwing midweek for you, uh, in Peyton Plumley, uh, you've got an SEC weekend guy, got, his, got experience as a weekend starter, and then you've got a rising star like Aaron Sarantola Cer- starting the second midweek game, you can begin to look at this thing and say, you know what? Mississippi State should have an advantage in most of the games they play this year until we get into the league play and begin to play teams that are you know, contenders for uh, the, the conference championship. A lot of discussion about who's for real and who's not, and it's still too early to tell. You know, Tennessee, I think 13-0, and off to the best start in school history. I don't think we saw that coming. Florida's already lost five games. A lot of people expected them to contend for the SEC championship again this year. I don't think we saw five losses coming the you know, first dozen games of the year. And it, what's interesting to me is uh, it's, it's amazing how the, the goalposts get moved when you're trying to make your own argument, you know, try to get, make the facts fit your narrative. So everybody says, well, you, you got to go out and schedule a little tougher. you got to go out and schedule tougher in a non-conference to kind of bulk up your RPI. I think if you're an SEC team, you don't have to do that. But I think it says a lot. Mississippi State goes out and you know, schedules East Carolina. And that's just the one game. But you know, you, you have Southern Miss come in. You have Southern Miss come in for a three-game series, where a lot of people historically have just kind of played them in midweek games. But you come in, and that way, you, that way, you they're seeing your best pitchers. You're seeing their their best pitchers. Then you have you know Maine come in. So the bottom line is this: is uh, this is an opportunity for State to advance the record. State has scrambling in the midweek. Should be a great chance for State to be, uh, well, I guess what, 16-1 and one by the time we go to Gainesville. I don't know who saw that coming. I think we all looked at last weekend and said, you know what, if we can go out there and get one, we'd feel pretty good. If we can get two, we'd feel great. And then we all packed the car and head home on Sunday wishing we'd have played Nebraska. We felt like we'd won all three. This team is playing exceptionally well. And they can be better. They can hit the baseball better. They can score at a higher proficiency. But when you think about the fact that you're, you're going to try to eat them small, JT Ginn, Keegan James out there on the weekend, and you've got a bullpen behind them that has been absolutely stellar, with the exception of maybe one or two innings all year, you begin to realize we don't have to score a whole lot. We'd like to score a ton. And Chris Lemona's kind of said that Wednesday. You know, we're always going to be in attack mode. We always want to you know, score as much as we can. But we're going to win some of these pitchers' duels because we've got the guys that can match up. And there, there have been times in the past, and you know as well as I do, if we ever got in trouble, if we ever gave up some runs early, like the first time through the order, if we ever got down in the ball game, especially on Friday night, we might be in trouble because we had a tough time hitting the league pitching. I don't believe that's going to be the case this year. I just, I just don't, I don't feel it. I think this team, because of the fact there's not a lot of you know obvious outs in the order. That you're going to give people a whole lot. They're going to have to grind their way through the order. There were times in the past when, if once you got through number five or number six in our order, uh, the next inning was pretty much a, a, a guarantee. It was a quick inning. And, but now you've got guys down there. They're beginning to fight. I think Gunnar Halter's is kind of beginning to come into his own a little bit. Landon Jordan hit a couple of nice baseballs this week. You know, and so the hitting should always be, a, you know, ahead of the hitting. Should, pitching should always be ahead of the hitting this time of year. And so when I see these teams out here that are struggling so much to pitch the baseball, to me that is an encouragement to us because we're pitching it well, and the offense is only going to get better. As long as we stay healthy, the offense will get better. We do need to score with a little higher, more proficiency. We scored over 10 runs five times this year in 13 ball games, But some of those were in ball games that we, we should have put up those type of numbers. You know, and then we go out there, and we, we win in a variety of ways. We go out there, and we come from behind to beat Sam Houston State, and then we kind of win a pitcher's duel with, with uh, Texas Tech and find a way to grind one out there, score some runs without the benefit of getting hits. But the offense is going to come around. The offense is going to do well. It's just a matter of time before all, everybody kind of gets clicking, and you start getting people to begin to carry you. But, you know, we, and again, in this new era of real baseball in the college ranks, when you've got the pitching, you don't have to score a whole lot. And that's kind of where we are with Mississippi State. And we'll have a really good idea of what kind of team we have after next weekend. We'll head down to Gainesville, cover that series down there, and I think when we come back from Gainesville, you know, we'll we'll kind of have a sense of are we a contending team or are we just another regional team? If I had to say today, I, I expect Mississippi State to go down there and win that series in Florida. I do. I think based on the body of work at this point, I think Mississippi State has played better and more consistently. And, again, I get back to this. Mississippi State, one pitch away from being undefeated on the season, and that's that Friday night game against Southern Miss. We get we get one timely hit against Southern Miss in uh, that Friday night game in the ninth inning, and we win the ball game. But I don't know if that loss wasn't a good thing for us because I think that kind of refocused us a little bit. I think we were a little bit juiced up that Friday trying to trying to you know erase that sweep from a year ago. We overcome that and get a little fired up on Friday night after losing that ball game. We come back with a little more resolve on Saturday and, of course, win the series on Sunday. But be that as it may, we're playing good baseball. A lot to discuss over the course of the next few weeks weeks and I think everybody can be excited about what is to come and you, and you get around some people and some. And again we have to be careful not to let a exuberance take over. And I begin to see some posts already people are saying hey you know if we make the national championship series how do you pitch it? Well you know I think you know let's, let's get there first okay and it's fun to talk about those things it is but the bottom line is I think let's just enjoy the season for what it is because that magical run we made last year down the stretch was so much fun because it kind of erased the sour taste we had in our mouth from the early part of the season. Well, now now we're playing baseball as we expect to play it. So let's enjoy every single game. Let's not take any, Let's not overlook anything and say, man, well I can't wait to get into SEC play. That'll be here next weekend. Let's enjoy these games with Maine. Enjoy that ball game with Grambling, and then we'll get into Florida and see what happens. One of the things I'd also like to say about the uh, baseball team is there's so many people that said, you know you know John Cohen better hope Monus wins. Uh, and I don't know why people would say that. and, and many of that talk, much of that talk comes from people that aren't really shareholders within the program. You know just people that like to talk. But to that end, Chris Mons is winning. And I think right now people have a lot of confidence about this baseball program in the direction that it's heading. Because we go out there every single time, we feel like we're in the ballgame. There will come a time we're going to have a bad outing. There's going to come a time when somebody doesn't have the the right stuff and we're going to make a bunch of errors and we're going to give the ballgame away. That's baseball. But I think based on what we have seen the first few weeks of the season, we can feel pretty good about the fact that we've got a man that's kind of even-tempered running the baseball program guys that are very concerned about your players, guys that um, are pushing them to be their very best. And after speaking with Jake Gotro and if you hadn't read that, I'm encouraged to go over to the Gene's page and read that. I had a nice conversation with Jake Gotro early this week, and you can go read that on uh, Gene's page. It is a VIP piece, so you have to be a member. But uh, he kind of broke some things down a little more technically than uh, maybe in the t- typical interview. And I told him from the beginning, he's like, hey, I don't want to get too technical. I said, well, coach, I want you to get technical because we have some very astute, Fans of baseball that follow Mississippi State, they really want to hear the nuts and bolts. They don't just want to hear about your favorite color and what's your favorite restaurant, that sort of stuff. They want to know baseball. They want to know, Coach, where's the hole in this kid's swing? What are you doing to fix this? That that kind of stuff, you know. And one of the questions that I asked him, and I thought was was you know was important, is, you know, he shows up here, and you've got Jake Mangum here, two-time All-American, a guy that won the the freshman that won the batting title as a freshman in the SEC, and so you know as a hitting coach how do you how do you not mess with greatness but at the same time kind of tweak some things a little bit to make him a little more efficient and i thought he gave a great answer to that and the bottom line is sometimes you gotta let jake be jake but sometimes you have to pull the reins back a little bit and get jake to slow it down some even the greats need a little skill refinement Uh, and so i'm very impressed with his staff very very impressed because everybody that I have talked to, whether be players or baseball parents or you know, people close to the program, you know, people that interact with our coaches on a regular basis, everybody is very happy about the work arrangement. Everybody is happy about the, uh, the attitude and kind of the temperature of the program right now. I think when um, this time last year, of course, many of us were already ready for college baseball to be over. That's the reality of it. I remember Hunter Stovall sending that tweet out after we had dropped a series against LSU telling everybody they were going to turn it around. And I think we're all, and everybody, including myself, is thinking, well, you know, Hunter, I appreciate that. We need, the, uh, we need some positive things to, uh, to kind of hang on to. But, uh, you know, tweets are one thing, wins are another. And lo and behold, what do they do? They go out there and start winning some ballgames. And I believe that belief has come much earlier this year. I think we entered the season... Because we had guys like Jack Mangum and Jordan Westberg and, and Justin Foske, guys that weren't just content to be on an SEC roster. You know what I'm saying? Guys that say, you know what, this is a team that's capable of winning a national championship. So let's go out and play that way. Let's go out and carry ourselves like we are a national championship contender rather than just, hey, let's go play ball. Being around these guys, there's an intensity with them. They're having fun. They're relaxed. But there is an intensity with them on game day that is a little different than what we've seen. Reminds me a little bit of, uh, of Brent Rooker, Jack Kruger, Nathaniel Lowe a little bit. We didn't have enough of those guys in 2017. And I don't think we had enough of those guys in 2018. You, know, you go back to that team that won the SEC championship team, there's some tough guys on that team. And I really believe when we look back in hindsight, we're going to feel like, man, how did we not go win the College World Series that year? We should have won it. That's the reality of things. And, and, and I get tired of that as a Mississippi State guy saying, you know what, we should have won a national championship that year. Because I can say that about 85, 89, and, and 2013, and now probably 2016. We, sh- we had a team capable of winning the national championship all four of those years. And we should have won the national championship. But I'm tired of that. I'm tired of just saying we should have won it. i want to say we won it. I believe this team is capable of competing for a national championship. I, I don't want to be back here two years from now saying, you know what man we should have won it in 2019. But if this team stays healthy, this team continues to get top shelf pitching, and again, the, the jury is still out. It's still early to start making these you know to, to make reservations to go to Omaha. But I think when you look at the makeup of this team and you look around the league and look there are a lot of other people still trying to find the pieces, you look at this team and say, okay, this team is capable of making a run at the Sting. And so my hope is that you will come out to Duke Noble Field and be a part of this as often as you can. Not just because of the fact that we have the greatest college baseball stadium in America, but because you have one of the best baseball teams in America. Mississippi State... Football back on the practice field on Thursday, uh, Coach Bob Shute met with the media, kind of shared, listen, it's this, this going to be a good defense. You know, he said, hey, it's going to be – it's a different defense. You know, we kind of found that in our identity. Uh, but he says that he believes that Mississippi State's just as good as anybody in the country at defensive end. Uh, said guys like Kendall Jones, Lee Autry doing a good job on the interior. He says that your linebackers will be a strength. Feels that Cam Dancer will be, you know, a high-level player within the conference. And that most middleman's one of the most consistent workers on the team. And there's a lot of experience in safety. Yes, you do lose Mark McLaurin, Jonathan Abram, but you're going to bring three guys back there from the nickels and the safety standpoint that have all started ballgames for you. Jaquarius Landry is playing strong safety. You feel really good about Brian Cole. And then, uh, you know, C.J. Morgan is a little bit uh, banged up right now, a little bit limited. But you've also got Marcus Murphy. And you bring in Fred Peters, uh, who has been good in two practices. And so... You begin to be feel optimistic about the, uh, about the back seven. You know, the, the big issue continues to be defensive tackle. And uh, we'll see what Jaden Crumberty and Fabian Lovett and those guys can do. Those are very talented players. The talent is there to be very good. You don't have the experience there. And that's kind of what, uh, what, what's got to be kind of cultivated here over the course of these uh, next 13 spring practices. And then we get into a summer conditioning, and, and the season will be here before we know it. The good thing is we've got a lot to to uh, to kind of occupy us with between now and then, with the uh, women's basketball tournament, the men's basketball tournament, college baseball, and then before you know it, and hopefully we have another elongated run on college baseball. And w- just when we're getting over college baseball, it'll be time to start uh, getting ready for SEC media days for football, and then you know fall camp starts, and so. Right now, football is, uh, is, is kind of on the back burner. You know, when you think about all the things that we've got going on right now, you know, just spring practices, you think we, it's interesting. But we've got a men's basketball team about to have a senior day. We've got women's basketball in an SEC tournament. And so those are on the forefront right now. But I think in, in many respects, it's good for football to kind of be in the background and kind of be working quietly there. And there are a lot of people out there are saying, well, you know, what kind of season are we going to have? I saw somebody yesterday had state ranked as, ranked as high as 10th. Uh, in the country. I'm I'm not quite as bullish as that. But I think Mississippi State is and should be a top twenty five team. There will be a lot of people that don't follow the league or the team very closely. They're gonna come out and say, Well because of Montez, when, when, after we have the draft and all these guys are drafted in the first, second, third round, they're gonna people say, Man, there's no way Mississippi State can replicate what they did last year after losing all those NFL guys. And that may be a fair assessment, but I think many of those people don't know Mississippi State. And there have been a lot of people, and we've done it for a decade now, they always want to pick us last just because of the fact that they keep waiting for Mississippi State to stumble without understanding that we have a better program now. We have a much bigger commitment to football now and that we expect to be in ball games annually, not every four years. We expect to be there every year. But uh, excited to see what this team can bring. Excited to, to get out there. And I have uh, had some obligations this week. I have not had an opportunity to go see them practice. We will do that next week. And, and uh, we will have an opportunity to see some of the scrimmages. And so that will be something. That will be another reason to kind of be over on Gene's page because of the fact. And you can go to genespage.com and become a member today. Because now a good time to do it. Because uh, you get in now. We'll, we'll, you know, Robbie Falk is at the women's tournament right now. We'll have coverage at the men's tournament. We'll have coverage for college baseball. We'll have coverage for spring practice. Nobody's going to cover the Bulldogs like we do because we've got an absolute army to do it. But you get on over there and you can check those things out. And so we're going to have those scrimmages. And uh, excited to be a part of that. Excited to see how this team performs. And uh, really, the thing that I want to see more than anything else, because I feel really good about where we are uh, other than a couple spots. I mentioned to you defensive tackle, we got to we got to get some some help there. But there is a lot of raw talent there that makes me feel like that will be okay. You've got a great coach and a great you've got a great play caller in Bob Shoup. They'll figure some things out. Concerned about receiver, you know, because number one, this is the third wide receiver coach these guys have had in three years. Yeah, you've got some talent there, but you know, we had some talent last year and uh, took a little while to kind of get things going. I think Michael Johnson is going to do a great job for us, but uh, this year may be a transition year, and, and, and it can't afford to be. We need Osiris Mitchell to take the same leap this year over what he did last year. I don't think anybody expected him to be your leading receiver as a sophomore, but he was. He was outstanding. So we, but we need him to take the, the, the jump to, and pardon the phrase, from good to great. We need Dedrick Thomas to continue to, uh, to impress. We need Dedrick Thomas to be... A difference maker in his offense. But I'm eager to see what's going to happen at quarterback. And, you know, Keeton, it's, it's his job to lose, but I want to see him in full scrimmages. I want to see him have an opportunity to kind of move the chains and, and not just out there against the passing skeleton throwing against air. I want to see what he does uh, in the vertical passing game. It's a big part of things. And when we get that information, we're going to report it right here. I want to remind you guys, too please 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 share this information with your fellow boneyard listeners because I still get messages and I have done my best to be kind and courteous to everybody because I want everybody back because what's happened is uh, and the numbers every they continue to increase but uh, we're still working with iTunes still working with stitcher and people like that we'll get we're gonna get things handled but there are a lot of people that message me'll find me on social media and say hey what's going on with the Boneyard and uh, not understanding that we have never stopped recording the Boneyard but two weeks now I've been on my own uh, posting this show on SoundCloud and and we distribute all these articles with the Boneyard links in them and uh, people are not getting that and so a lot of you are and obviously if you're hearing the show you certainly are but please uh, share the show retweet it or share it on Facebook and uh, if you've got people that you know that are Boneyard listeners that uh, maybe you speak with it every so often, tell them how to find the show because until we get it back on iTunes or some people, it, it requires a little more effort. And once once you know, you know, and so it's not a big deal. So please uh, be sure to share the show with your friends. We encourage you to do so. And thanks so much for your support of the Boneyard. Low these many years. Until next time, let's all live our lives in a way we'll make more friends than enemies and people can see a difference in the way we live.